Mishka Shabali is catching up with friends who are arguably more talented than him. Hey, what's up, y'all? Uh, it's Mishka. How you doing? Um, what have I been up to? I went for a little run this morning with my little dog because my life is hollow and empty and she's all I have and I'm all that she has. And the state fair is on right now, which is uh, just a real clusterfuck. Um, all kinds of activity uh, in our na- our sleepy little neighborhood. Um, and one of the things that happened last night is uh, somebody, uh, there was a shooting, um, whatever, two blocks down. Um, the uh, Nobody was hit, but uh, somebody shot off a gun while they were at the Arizona State Fair, which... If you think about it, that's pretty much the most Arizona thing that you can do. What are you going to do at the state fair if not bring your guns and shoot them? Hey, fools. Um, anyway, the I was running with Sadie this morning. We ran over to the park, and the um, there's sort of picnic tables set up there. And there uh, was a man and a woman there, and they were sort of tidying up stuff and it, uh, like squawking at each other, sort of bickering. Or the I couldn't tell if they were like busting balls or if they were. Uh, legit angry at uh, each other and then as I looked up the man went and put his arms around the woman's neck and the oh so I went into my my best um Clint Eastwood before we knew all kinds of bad shit about him mode and Sadie and I just sprinted over there and I said something like, uh, motherfucker, you get your hands off her or I'm going to put you on your back. Something something tough like that. And uh, when I got real close, then he, in fact, he did let go of her. And I turned to her and I said, um, are you okay? Do you want me to call the cops? Um, do you want me to stay here? And she said she was okay. She didn't want to call the cops, but she did want me to stay. So I just hung out there awkwardly with my dog, with my damn shirt off, uh, after uh, threatening this guy, and they just went to back to picking up the trash, you know, because the because I suspect this was not a uh, a new a new low for them, and then I felt real awkward and weird, um, and. So I started helping them pick up the trash, too. And one of the trash cans was overflowing, so I grabbed a couple of things and like went over to the other trash can and stuffed it in there. And then, you know, she she took off. The, and then I came back and, well, I didn't want to just stand around the, like some overlord, so I, like, helped this guy clean up the rest of the mess. And then I said, you know, the you can never put hands on her. If I see you doing that again, I will fucking knock you out. But, like, try to just chill out, try to have a good day. And he looked at me and he said, thank you, brother. God bless you. The so fucking weird. The, and then, uh, you know, I ran home with Sadie and she found a turkey leg that somebody from the state fair had dropped. And I was trying to tell her not to, not to eat that dirty food. And then I was like, she's a dog. That's what she was made for. Just made to eat trash. So I uh, let her eat a bunch of the turkey legs. You're probably going to have wet poops all over the yard, but that's how it goes. Oh, Lordy. Um, yeah, just another sleepy Sunday in my neighborhood. Um, 
our guest today, I I have a unique relationship with Christine Levine. The we met, I think we met twice, and then booked a tour together, and then went on tour together, and um. I mean, I guess, I guess the name for our friendship, the name for our relationship is just we're friends. We're good friends. We're weird friends. You know, the um, being on tour, to be a guy on, um, or to be a straight bro, whatever I am, on tour with a woman you're not sleeping with is amazing. Because when you're getting emotionally beat up on the road, you can tap into sort of that female kindness, or particularly a mom, too. The, there were definitely times where Christine and I were on the road together, and I was like, can I just get a hug? Because I feel like shit, you know? The, and um, there were probably times that I sort of, you know, took care of her or yelled at people when necessary. And uh, there was, man, we had this crazy rainstorm and then we were at some busted hotel and people were outside talking all night. And I went and yelled at them because apparently that's all I do. But I, I did not sleep at all. And then the next day it was just like torrential rain. And I was like, Christine, I don't know if I can drive. And, uh, you know, I'm just so fried. And she was like, I got this. I got this, honey. And she uh, and she did. She fucking had it. She just hammered it down and, you know, turned out this like incredibly long, scary drive by herself while I was laying there Um, useless as I am. And the um, you know, so we've we've toured a bunch together. We've performed a bunch together. We've done a bunch of drugs together. The um, I'm her landlord now that I have, I own a house in Bisbee and Christine lives in it. And that's, it's such a weird thing. And it's sort of a recipe for disaster. There, there have definitely been times where I've yelled at her and instantly felt horrible. And then today she fucking yelled at me and the, I, Christine, I hope you felt horrible too. I certainly felt horrible. The, but we, we have this weird complex relationship where, uh, we're just friends where I'm the dad and she's the little girl where she's the mom and I'm the little boy. And the and maybe people say that that's weird. It fucking rules. I love it so much. The um, and um, and I love her so much The <laughs> we were talking on Facebook Messenger once and she meant to call me honey. And I'm, apparently Christine's a little frisky because I think it auto corrected to horny. And then now that's just how we address each other hey good morning horny how are you (laughs) so dumb um but i adore christine so much she's such a such a gifted person such a talented performer uh got a whole lot of love in that tiny little body of hers the so much love to give she had a cancer scare recently that sucked the but she seems to be on the mend and more important than her health and her well-being is the fact that she will be performing in my side yard here in uh, lovely, crime-free Phoenix, Arizona on Saturday, October 15th uh, with my friend Genevieve Rice and uh, my my unson, my little uh, unadopted child, Rad Pinkard, um, John Merrifield had to drop off the bill. Matt Micheletti is going to be performing as well. The It's going to be a great fucking night. The last one was just painfully heartwarming. So um, so please come out Saturday, October 15th, uh, party at my house. The And uh, enjoy my conversation here with the lovely Christine Levine. 
Aren't you a famous professional radio celebrity with a high-tech, cutting-edge internet uh, voice studio podcast thing, and you're calling me from, like, a Palm Pilot from (laughs) 2003? (laughs) Um, It's an iPad, for one. And for two, yes, I do. Here's my fancy mic. Here's my Sony studio uh, headphones. Oh, don't like these? Are these not good enough? Guess what? I've also got a pair of uh, their Sony like DBs, 7Bs or something like that from 1978. But um, I can't find my mixer. The like that, I don't know where my mixer <laughs> That That microphone is so wide. It's so girthy. Did you... Did you make uh, a special? Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Did know. you make a special request for that? Is that in your contract? The- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't give me no small ass. You know I can't do it. If I got a small one in my mouth, in my face, I can't do it. But there, see, it's just the it's the rubber part that makes it look bigger. I need to get one huh? of those. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I need like a. I uh- see some at the porn store. They have them. I need a I need a pop filter for my my tiny little <laughs> world's smallest violin. <laughs> the, maybe a if pop I got maybe, filter? maybe if I <laughs> that's what comments should be called a pop filter. Maybe if I could get a pop filter, I could get a fucking mic check. What the hell? Uh, that was it. That was the high point of the fucking podcast right there. We're, we're it's all downhill from here. Christine, I'm angry oh. at everybody in the world today except for you. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Why well, why are you mad? What's wrong? Why are you angry? Wait, are you when are something you something not go right? Are you not mad at everybody in the world right now? I mean, yeah, I guess so. I just feel um I get I mean, angry, yeah. I guess I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I fucking give up. I'm not mad anymore. Why be mad now? Doesn't I, matter. I did see your cunty little traffic post this morning. And uh-huh. I, the, I, uh, I wrote three different comments and then backed out of just backspaced out of everyone. The, that was me. I'm the guy who's waving everybody for it's because I'm a nice guy. It's because I love I love people. <laughs> I'm not traffic explaining. How could you? <laughs> The, everybody, right, did you notice all the men were like, I do it to everybody. Really? Well, I bet you. And I just want men to think about it. Like, yeah, maybe you you do like to wave everybody through an intersection or whatever. But um, are you like, maybe men are quicker to do it with women. Do you know what I mean? Or maybe like this guy today, he waves me through the intersection and wants me to go. By the way, he is turning and going like what would be behind me. You know what I mean? He's turning. So why, where is he, where does he want me to, why was, where, where was he going to hurt me, hit me? Hey, you better get going. You have the right of way, little missy. I was standing maybe, you know, maybe kind of on a corner, but I was not going anywhere. I was like looking at my phone being like, oh, here's, okay, this is my route. I walked a mile by the way. And I was just being show like, off. Uh-huh. So I was just being um just ignoring everything and being with me and my little dumb dog. And then I look up and that's when he 
does this you like this point at me and like who the hell else is here asshole so i just i'm i'm just saying that like i seem to get it a lot more the older i get i'm noticing um people like people either don't notice me at all like i had somebody um i was in line at the pharmacy and this woman just stands right in front of me and i was like Oh, are we doing that now? Okay. <laughs> and she goes up when the pharmacist calls someone, goes, okay, next please. She goes up and I said, huh, okay, that's, that's a thing now. And she turns around and she goes, oh, I didn't even see you there. Like, I just like, were you there? And I said, yeah. Christine, you skinny I'm, bitch. It's because I'm you've not- lost so much weight. You're just a, you're just a frail <laughs> little rose petal in the breeze now. The people don't even notice thing. you. That you're you're dainty. You're fragile. Yes, that you're I you're am. all those things. That I you I'm know I was. I was uh, I was convinced you were um, you were horribly in the wrong until. Until yeah. you said that he was the, and then I started thinking like, well, maybe dudes do have like a weird sort of sorcerer's apprentice, like conductor fantasy. And we want to control everything in the world. The, and, but then when you said that it wasn't even, it's not like the, this is the thing that fuck, when you, when you're at a four way stop and somebody's like, no, 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 go ahead. I'm like, no fucking, if it's your turn, you fucking go. If it's my right. turn, I fucking go. That's how it works. <laughs> That's how this whole thing, don't try and hook me up. The, I, you know. (laughs) Right. Don't be, don't try to be Mother Teresa. You're not fucking saving anybody's lives here. Yeah. Just go when it's your turn. That's it. It's too late for altruism. Just there. We're all hurtling towards our deaths. It doesn't make a fucking difference. If you're like, no, 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 you go ahead. I insist. Who are you? You're one of those goddamn cartoon chipmunks. Oh no. After you. Oh, I couldn't possibly. (laughs) Okay. Don't worry about it. Just fucking go. You're right. But until you thought I was in the wrong until what point? Uh, I don't know that I, I, I thought you were in the wrong until you started talking. And then I was like, oh, oh, oh no, that um, <laughs> well, when you said this is one of the things that is great about social media is that if you're a dude and a woman you're friends with posts a thing and you have a thought you can go and inst- before posting that thought, you can look and see like, oh, nine dudes who look exactly like me, who are the same age as I do, still have a fucking Murder City Devils t-shirt, have posted the exact same sentiment. Ergo, maybe it's fucking hack. Maybe it's the, maybe I, it's not a brilliant idea that I had. And maybe I just need to, to backspace out of this dumb comment, have another cup of coffee, preserve my friendship. And just the, and not, not try to fucking be right at, you know, seven thirty in the morning. I did notice that all had the same comment and they were all like, um, you know, just, well, I do it to everybody. I'm not trying to be blah, blah, blah. And all of the women were like, yeah, we, I get waved all the time, all the time. So this is what I'm saying. My point is that I bet that, um, oh, I guess I got a package. Honey's freaking out. So my point is, is that. I'll bet that if there was a study that women would report getting waved by men more than other men get waved by men. There are some of you men that do it all to everybody. Um, but I do think that women get like the point and the, okay, honey, you go, you know, like maybe it's chivalry. Maybe they think that they're being like polite 
to a woman that's in the intersection, either driving or walking, everybody was like, oh, pedestrians have the right of way. And I was like, again, in this situation, I was not walking. I was outside, <laughs> but I was not walking. And I was not trying to cross the street. I wasn't going towards where he was going to hurt me. I was in, in no way was he ever going to hit me with his big giant truck. It was rolling <laughs> coal. I was never going to be, and, and so I was just, I mean, I know it. I did come off as kind of the, the little C word, you know, <laughs> I guess. My delicate mouth can't say it anymore. <laughs> but I just, I, I mean, I know I came off that way, but I was just like, I don't know what, what is this? It is something though. I'm onto I, it. I know. I, I'm telling you now that I, I was just doing it. Um, because I have the best intentions, but as soon as we get off this podcast, I am going to go and search waving ladies on Pornhub and, <laughs> and turn this whole, <laughs> this whole sidetrack real fucking weird. I'm going to get it. The <laughs> wa wa waving ladies.com blort. The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just wave them like this. I wave them over. I wave them towards down here <laughs> i wave them in i wave them out the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I, wave, I, wrist, I, I wave them goodbye the next morning at the super eight buffet <laughs> That's right, that's right, sweetie. Yep. <laughs> oh my god oh. The, um give a, uh give me the latest the you look great at, how are you feeling oh, what's the what's the latest news the um Okay. Because we've all, we've all been terrified. Um, and it's been a shit show. Yeah, it's okay now for now until six months. Okay, so I had stomach cancer, got it out in like three weeks from like diagnosis to um, whatever, you know. So they had it out on my birthday, August 17th. I have lost 50, no, I'm sorry, 40 pounds, 40 pounds. Not, wow. What do I say? I am 52, I was going to say, but I've lost 40 pounds. In, well, I guess it's two months now. So it's, you know, it's pretty fast. My arms are like, look at this shit. Oh my God. I'm turning into, I look like a melted candle. I, I want to ri ride that wave. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lot of jelly. It's fun. Yeah. That, well, that, I mean, we're, if we're, I do this, it doesn't stop for like four minutes. If I wiggle my arms, it keeps going. I'm, I told you, it's, I'm all about waving ladies. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's um but it it is i the the oncologist i was thinking that i would go in for this last scan or whatever i had a ct scan a few weeks ago and i thought oh i'm gonna go in for that get the results and everything's gonna be fine everybody's kind of set me up like that thinking that we we got it before it spread everything's gonna be great sunshine roses you're perfect no more worries and then they saw a mass from the ct scan on my liver not very big i mean two centimeters but you know in liver terms holy shit so that um had me wringing my hands and i was all scared but then um we i did an mri and then the mri came back that they're just little um there's little sub centimeter like something tumors on there and they're too small to do anything about there's too small to even really be sure they're cancer they don't you know they don't know um so what, it, what i'm on now is a surveillance plan <laughs> like a five-year plan for high school dropouts or whatever so yeah just surveillance is just 
Go ahead and you're, sit you're, tight. You're in the fatness protection program now. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. good. How long have you been sitting on that one? On I don't know. It just, I just found good. it right here. It's like a shiny corger I had tucked behind my ear. <laughs> so good. Well, yes. So, yeah, I'm just on this this surveillance. So what they do is they I go back in six months, and if they see any growth or any movement on these guys, you know, we just watch them until we can figure out, you know, we get a plan together and what to do about it. And so my doctor is, like, pretty He's like, he's like, your prognosis is really good. Like, I'm not going to die of this cancer, of this kind of cancer. I'm not going to because we caught it. We know that it's there. And this is the kind of evidently that I get. I mean, can you imagine like how fucked up would that be if I get a leukemia or something next? You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. Jesus. God. But I mean, I, I just I just feel like, I mean, don't you think that like once you get a certain type of cancer, that's your cancer. That's the kind you just get now, right? Like I get these tumors, so I hope I don't get breast cancer. Or you know, maybe I'll get a tumor in my boobs. Who knows? You know, now that you mention it, it does feel a little greedy that you're like, I have this cancer, now I want to get this cancer. It's like uh, <laughs> po- Pokemon cards. No, no, I don't want it anymore. <laughs> I, I did get lucky, though. I mean, I got real lucky because usually uh, my, the oncologist said that the people don't find out that they have this kind of cancer until it's too late. Because by the time it's making you sick or by the time it's um, really bothering you, um, you are gone like it's it has spread wow. and there's you've got a big uh challenge ahead. um the reason i got lucky is because i was gonna get this uh, well i wasn't i wasn't decided it was my first consultation with um a weight loss doctor a bariatric surgeon my first like introduction how are you doing blah 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 and for some reason i mean i guess he just wanted to know the condition of my stomach he was real interested and said are you you know, do you have trouble swallowing? Do you have any, you know, signs of ulcers or whatever? And I said, oh, you know, I do have trouble swallowing. I've never had that trouble before. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I knew it was a problem. Maybe you just had to find the right guy. Yeah. <laughs> just, just to find the right Sorry. pop filter. <laughs> I need the right one. So I, yeah, I, so I said, uh, you know, when I am having trouble swallowing and he goes, okay, well, I'm going to, let's do an endoscopy and just see what's going on down there. And then, I mean, that was it. And so if you ever, like, you take a vitamin that you always take and you go, oh, my God, it got stuck, fucking go to the doctor because something could be screwy. The reason that I had trouble swallowing, turns out, this is how this works. So the tumor was starting to block the bottom of my stomach, and that was causing, um, acid reflux and then the acid reflux comes up and in my esophagus and then that swells up and then you can't swallow and that's what happened that's what tips people off about stomach cancer is the trouble swallowing also esophageal cancer you can get that in there and then you know uh make a will i say wow i've heard that's bad but yeah so i just got i just got so lucky and i am so grateful because now yeah there i'm on a maintenance plant or surveillance and we're just gonna check me every six months for the next five years and at least i mean that's my minimum if the like growing next year or in six months yeah it's next year i guess then we'll you know do something about it or watch the 
watch it more closely. And then, you know, that's just it. I'm just going to be on this trip from now on. Oh, and there's a medication. You know, everybody was like going about the, the, um, the COVID vaccine and everybody was going, oh, I don't know about this vaccine, man. They just made it so fast. Well, guess what, numbnuts? They did not make it fast. They have been working on this um, mRNA um, like technology for decades because they were trying to cure cancer. And cancer does act like kind of like a virus. Not exactly, but kind of. So they were able to utilize the cancer research for the vaccine. And that's why I'm gonna like that's why I won't die of this cancer because as soon as we see that it's gonna it's a problem or whatever, and they can't, you know, let's say they can't cut it out because it's near a blood vessel or in a blood vessel at that point. I will get this this medication. It's like called Gleevec or something like that. That like eats it, and wow. it's not. Chemo. I mean, it's a. It's, they say, oh well, all chemo. There's chemo, and then there's, but it's not. It's like you're not going to make my hair fall out. It'll make me have the shits, and it'll like upset me. Like it'll bug my body. I won't love it, but it's not going to like decimate me like chemotherapy does. It's not going to make me super sick like chemotherapy does. So there's like, it's just a miracle. The whole goddamn thing is a miracle. This is not going to kill me. I am, I am going to be okay. I may have to deal with it and manage it my whole life, but that's better than the alternative. But, oh, and then here's the other part. It's got a fire under my ass about what I'm going to leave behind. Now, all I think about is death 24 <laughs> seven. And now I'm very interested in um, getting my shit together and leaving my children something, some art or something maybe they can sell. <laughs> I thought you were just going to leave them debt. This is. Yeah. I mean, that was the plan of initially, but then I got cancer and I was like, oh, that's so shitty. Mm. This, this I felt guilty. This is mom's legacy that we're still making yep. these fucking payments. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, on that stupid iPad. <laughs> <laughs> my my friend, I think I spoke about this, you know, in a podcast I did recently with my friend Aaron, who um, died for the first time when he was twenty six, and then now he's like oh. a little thing in his chest keeping him alive. But the oh, my wow. friend, uh, my friend Tim Kreider was stabbed in the neck when he was in Greece, and he nearly died. And he said the year after he almost died and then didn't was the best year of his life. Because every yeah. moment of every day, he was like, I'm not bleeding out. I'm not dying. Still not dying. Wow, I'm not dying. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. and I remember having a great fucking year. Well, not a great year because like uh, two months later was 9-11. But the, the, the year after I got shipwrecked, I just felt sort of like every everything was like, wow, this, you know, this 79 cent cup of coffee. I'm drinking a cup of coffee, you know, that uh -huh. just, it's like, you ha it gives you a new appreciation for stuff. The, yes. Um, and sometimes too, like it's invaluable to have a health scare like that. The, um, my friend Sam Keeley had a stroke, which he's, uh, you know, which he's written about. And uh -huh. the ironically him having that stroke when he did may have added fucking 10 years to his life because he got, he's had to stop a bunch of the things that he was doing before. Um, mm -hmm. and lives healthier now because he had, he, because he got that, that warning shot across the bow of like memento mori, you know, the, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I'm all about a healthy fear of death. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's coming for all of us, and I'm just trying to put it off for a little bit. Absolutely. And and then also, yeah, and then what am I doing with my life? How am I spending my time? What do I want this to be about? You know what I mean? It's like your life, I'm looking at my life now anyway, as like an art project. And what do I want people to feel when they look at it? What do I want them to know about me when they, you know, remember me? I, yeah, I absolutely feel that the, um, there have been times in my there definitely been times in my life where I thought I was dying. And I was like, the only thing people are going to remember me for is like a really esoteric internet history. there needs to be a way we need to they need to have like apple has to have a thing where they tie it to your like your apple watch or whatever that when your heart stops beating it immediately goes in and like fucking Mm -hmm. (laughs) erases everything and puts up the memorial facebook (laughs) yeah exactly exactly forever in our hearts and not on any weird sites never on (laughs) rotten.com never on e-fucked None of that shit. Nothing. The, uh-uh. <laughs> so, so I have uh, some weird uh, cancer and death stuff uh, to oh. share as well. Okay. The um, my dad has cancer. Uh, oh no! Which I haven't spoken to him in whatever two and a half or three years. The oh. and w- so we got an email basically saying that there was like a mass on his kidney. Um, and, but he didn't, he, my dad's such a fucking blowhard. He didn't clarify whether it was cancerous or not. You know, he mentioned that he'd had an emergency appendectomy and that mm. it was, it, it was sort of in the process of that. That's how they found the spot on his kidney. And then he didn't, oh, that makes sense, yeah. he didn't mention it, whether it was, um, cancerous or not, but then he signed the email, you know, saying, uh, your father, you know, capital Y, capital F. And it's like, oh, now that you're afraid of dying, now you want to be my fucking dad? The, yeah, yeah. When you were like young and bulletproof, <laughs> yeah. that you had no interest yeah. in being our father. But now all of a sudden you're like, the, you're already writing your fucking obituary in like all caps. Yeah. Like, you, no, yeah. Uh, and, That's so funny. You're just, right. He is writing his obituary. He's thinking, they are going to say some really like shit about me. I better make it, make it less hard, make it harder for them to talk shit. <laughs> it's like he was already fading up the violins. I was like, no, not, no, 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 not just yet. The, I, you know, I yeah. will, I will storm the stage and like Bogart the mic, you know, the, <laughs> and then, um, but then, you know, sort of that revelation that, you know, he, um, he, he it may be cancer he that he wasn't well that eventually he will die that we we all will die you know i mean that um it, it's a weird conversation because like nobody in my family really wants to deal with him or deal with that um and then yeah. uh and then like the next thing was you know that um and we there's we had some awkward conversations with him and and about him and then uh-huh. you know he said oh the it is cancerous um, they're going to go in and take the kidney out. Um, mm-hmm. and then I should be fine. I should live for a long time. And I was like, 
maybe maybe you should get a second opinion. Let's just uh, let's just leave it in there and see see how this evolves. You know, let's we're going to put you on a surveillance program. The next email he sends to you is signed "Peace out, suckers." I, I know, I know. It's just it's, picture your dad with his. It's just all emojis, you know the the sunglass emoji. I fucked your mom, sucker. I fucked your mom. Oh, that's great. Uh, so, and, and, you know, and I, I have the, I have like, you know, real sort of weird conflict. Cause I was talking to my sister about it and I was like the, I was like, if he's dying, like if he's on his deathbed, I will, I will get in my car right now and I'll fucking drive out there to like hold his hand, you know, for the last mm-hmm. moment. But I need to know that he's dying. <laughs> Because yeah, if he's, it can't be. mm-hmm. if it's if it's six months of hand holding, like I'll dip in for the last forty eight hours, but I'm uh, you know the I don't um, the I want to time it so the um, where he's like already fallen asleep, yeah, yeah, but not yet. That like um, I'll be like you know, um, Dad, I don't know if you can hear me or not, but what's important is that I can't hear you. So yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. This brings back something for me, too. My mother died during COVID um, just before we got the vaccination. So, I don't know, it was like the end of 2020, December, maybe, or 2021. I, they all, all those COVID years just go together for me. So, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I can't even remember now. Okay, but she, um, they were going to close the hospital, all this stuff. They were, they were shutting it down because they needed the beds and blah, blah, blah. And my mom was in the ICU, uh, intubated. And um, they called me and they said, hey, your mom, you know, she's got a bunch of health problems. And my mother and I have, a, a, we have a, a, a difficult history. She was very abusive. She was an alcoholic. And um, yes, yeah, she, she just, she, I mean, she did the best she could, but she fucking sucked. She just sucked. And um, I know that she got, she didn't have a shot. You know what I mean? Like her mom died when she was 12 um of breast cancer and then her dad was uh just a shitty dad and an awful alcoholic and like he was abusive too so there was no way susan was gonna be anything other than she was and there were good things about her she was very shiny and very funny and sweet warm person but also a drunk and uh, didn't give a fuck about me just did not care and um, I don't know why she, th- I think she had me because she thought if I have a baby, like I'll have a, my own family, you know, she wanted something that belonged to her. And then when she got it, I think she was like, oh, I like got to feed it all the time. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if I can do that. So yeah, we, we had a hard time. But as we got older, as I got older, um, like she shared something with me one time when I went to visit her. She said, I want to tell you why I drink. And I was like, oh, well, I guess it's just because you you like the taste of it. Or something. <laughs> you love being <laughs> drunk. You love feeling like shit the next day. Okay, this is a good, I want to know why. So she sat me down um, with a little tape recorder and she put in a Linda Ronstadt tape. And this song called, You Tell Me That I'm Falling Down. And she made me listen to it. And we sat there and I go, okay. And she said that, you know how it says, you tell me that I'm falling down a drifter with no roll or 
role, I think it is. And, um, that I need a friend and to help me get control or something like that. Well, let it be. I'm not alone. I'm only lonely. See, and you can't tell me where to go or what or who to be. I am exactly what I am. And not the way you see me be. Um, I, like I, I look outside as long as I can. And then I close my eyes and the world unfolds before me. She said, I feel everything. I can't, I, she's like, I, I stay with reality for as much as I can. And then I have to get drunk because I can't take it anymore. I can't take everything I did to you kids. I can't take every failed marriage and relationship that I had. I can't take it anymore. And I have to get out of it. I have to go away. And I'm like, yeah, I bet you do. Okay, mom. And I, I understood that. Wow. Does that say anything to you? I mean, you get it. Do, do you get it? You get it. Yeah. I mean, you know, listening to you go through that, I, it, you know, it's sort of like a dream in that, um, like I was playing every role in that story, you know, oh, yeah. The, Both sides, of, yeah. of I, you know, it's me as your mom and the mm -hmm. just um, stacking up all those all the times I've disappointed other people and all the times I've like disappointed myself, you know, that where I was like, Oh man, I really thought I was going to fucking do it or I was going to make it or, you know, the, yeah, yeah. Um, all the, cause I, I have a great memory and I, I remember every single thing I've fucked up every mistake that I made all mm -hmm. the times I got it right. I'm like, okay, phew. And then I don't track it, but yeah. ev every fuck up I made, I, mm -hmm. you know, I totally get it. And you know what, um, you know what Linda Ronstadt is describing in that song of like the, um, or I don't know if it was Linda Ronstadt or your mom, the, but the thing of like, I, I hold on to it as much as I can, you know, yeah. the, um, she and sticks then, with it. Mm -hmm. and, and then when it overwhelms me, you know, that's the only thing that I, you know, you can do. I absolutely feel that, you know, the, mm -hmm. um, I mean, it, I, in a new song that I wrote that's going to be on the next record, you know, the, it's called pain management. It's about my romance with ketamine. And mm -hmm. the, one of the lines is, you know, I stuff it down until I can't handle it. And it's, the, it. it's the same thing, but it's, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, it's really curious to, to listen to you narrate that because as, as a drunk and as a terrible person, I identify with your mother and I feel mm -hmm. e empathy for her. And I love you and you're my friend and I care about uh -huh. you so much. And it's, it's heartbreaking to think of you as a little girl and, you know, not have your mom take care of you, you know? Oh, I, you know, what's funny is that I just saw like my, yeah, I saw a picture of myself as a little girl. It was after your party. I saw a picture of myself of, and I'm in my mother's Corolla. I'm four years old. And I'm just sitting there and like looking up, like outside the window. And I thought to myself, why would anybody fucking be mean to her? Yeah. How, like that is a really cute little girl. And I know that like, I only wanted to please everybody and make everybody happy. And then for some reason, I mean, I think maybe I was annoying and I just like, I was, I know that I was needy, but that's because she didn't love me. It wasn't because, you know, I wouldn't have been that way. 
Christine, but, if if you were needy, it's because you were a child, and children yeah. are needy. That's who they are. You know, the you um you got to forgive yourself for for being a kid when you were a kid, and if your mom oh. couldn't um couldn't deal with you being a kid, well, she made that fucking kid. That's her problem. Yeah, she, that's that's <laughs> not on, that's not on you. You know. Uh, no, that's true. But I still just you know when you're a kid, you think that everything is your fault. You you try to have that's your that's how children try to have some kind of control. You know what I mean? They they don't have any control over anything, but they think they do or they try to. And then that's where they internalize everything and they blame it all on themselves. I'm working through that right now. But you're right. I mean, it wasn't my fault, but I still feel it, you know? It was it was last year that I figured out that it's not my fault that my parents got a divorce. Oh, God damn it. It t- took, me, oh. took me 29 years to to figure that out to like to do that to carry that and oh it's, my god honey and it's ridiculous you know because it's it's the um we're smart people we're you know we're and we're emotionally intelligent i mean i, I think in order to um to be a successful comic or writer or songwriter your subject is the human condition you know it's so you're studying how mm-hmm. how people interact with each other how they interact with their lives how they interact with their experience the and then when it comes to ourselves we're fucking dummies we're smart as a pair of ice skates you know (laughs) just like just no insight into how we work and the like the internal workings of why i do what i do or you know why i do things the way that i do yeah Um, i i know yeah and and then when i found out just recently i started this um kind of intensive therapy with a clinical psychologist that specializes in developmental trauma. Rule that's off the tongue. Um, So she specializes in childhood trauma. So um, when I first started talking to her, she said, you need to go to an inpatient, like you have to go to a facility. Because when we, yeah, yeah, when we start talking about this stuff, it's going to kick some rocks loose and you're going to be a mess. And I have to make sure you're stable, that your head meds are stable and that you're okay. So you need to go like, here's a list of facilities she sent me. And I, I was honestly shocked because I thought I'm not that like, what do you mean? I've got TV credits, bitch. What (laughs) (laughs) What are you saying to me? But um, then after talking to me though, after talking to me, she said, um, you are a lot more uh, like ready for this than I thought you were because I'm like, yeah, I am ready. Uh, so she's, so she wants me to go to like an outpatient, um, four week like thing, but it's such three days a week and like four or five hours a day of therapy. So it's very intensive, but it's still like, I don't have to go to a nut hut, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, like I, she said, it's not as urgent as I originally thought. She goes, but I still think you could really benefit from it. And a lot of things that she's teaching me is like how to self-soothe. I don't know how, like when I get like upset or agitated, oh my God, it's just like, I'm a, I'm a very, I have a big personality, you know that. And when I get upset, it's like the whole world has to crash. Like I need, you know, I'm mother nature and I'm making lightning bolts is <laughs> bad. So she's like teaching me all that stuff. And it's, um, it's really great. Like I've learned a lot already. And, um, oh, and I wanted to say something too about, um, when my mother died. 
So they, she was sick. They called me. They had me come up there to Washington. And um, I wanted to tell you this, that they, um, they, they basically said, listen, so your mom isn't very healthy. She has like uh, some kind of stenosis, meaning that there's calcium in her artery or artery stenosis. Anyway, so what's going to happen is, is that um, they can't take it out. They can't clean it yet because she's not healthy enough. She wouldn't survive the surgery. So they said, here's our options. Every time we try to take the tube out, her throat closes shut and, um, or, you know, swells shut. So we need to give her a tracheostomy. And if we do that, then she has to go to a nursing home and she won't be able to go back to her house. And that's a whole thing. And my mother always wanted to live at the beach. She doesn't want to be anywhere else. And I knew that. And I, but I did say, I go, so you're telling me like, she's not brain dead. This is a, an alert health like brain one like she's smart you know what i mean she's with it she's just in a medically induced coma because she's got a tube down her throat so i said you are telling me that i have to like put my mom down that's what we're doing and the ethics uh lady nurse lady said to me i know that that sounds weird but yes kind of yes that's kind of where we're at right now you have to decide whether your mother lives or dies. And um, I know my mom told me a long time ago that she was like, if, you know, it comes down to it, you know, I don't ever want to die. I want to live, 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 live. But I also know that when you're sick and you're face, facing being in a hospital bed for a long time, you don't want to do that. And I know my mom didn't want to be like in a, in a bed or in, um, you know, she wants to drink. She wants to drink and watch cartoons. That's her life, man. She wants to do it all at the beach. And if she can't do that, she, my mother was kind of a bitch about it. So I did, I did make a decision, but I also asked them, I said, can we please, can we please wake her up and talk to her? Like I, we need to ask her what she wants because I can't live with this. I don't know her well enough to be sure that I'm right. And I can't be, so can we talk to her? And, they, and the nurse said, um, well, we can't, um, we can't really go by what she says, though, because it, it, when you get woken up out of a medically induced coma, you're like an eight-year-old. You know, mm -hmm. most people, they don't really kind of mm -hmm. what you're saying to them. And they don't really remember it either, she said. And I said, my mother still does crossword puzzles in pen. She will absolutely know what we're doing she'll know she'll get it so then we did we woke her up and we talked to her and the ethics lady explained she was like susan here's the here's the deal and gave it to her straight and my mother did not fucking blink i mean she was just like nodded uh-huh 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 and then i said mom no do you understand you you can live you can live you're gonna get a tracheostomy no she shook her head no and i said Okay, so you understand they will take the tube out and you are not going home. You are not leaving the hospital. And she said yes. And I was just like, well, fuck. Okay. So that's what we did. She didn't want me in there with her while they took the tube out, which I thought was really weird. She was like struggling and like, get, you know, trying to motion me out, you know. And um, I asked the ethics lady, like, what was that? She goes, it's very common. Parents don't want their children to be there when 
like that have that memory for some reason my mother who didn't have a maternal bone in her fucking body did not want me to see that and she said i've seen that time and time again where parents will kick their kids out during the removal of a tube so that's how she knew exactly what my mother was getting at you know what i mean because she's like Mm -hmm. oh i've seen this before so and then i just sat there and watched her suffocate that was it. Oh. it. And it took way too fucking long. You know yeah. what I mean? They kept saying, we'll give her more Ativan. We'll give her morphine. We'll give her. And I'm just like, just end it. Just, I, she's yeah. girl. Like there's sound. I can't, I can't, but I'm not leaving her. I'm also not leaving her because I'm a better daughter than she is a mother. That's true. And I'm not leaving her. I will not abandon her. Period. Uh, I just wouldn't. Christine, it's so good that you can say that. That you can, you can see that, that you can understand that, and that you can articulate that. I'm not going to do to you what you did to me, you know. No, but she was so brave, Mishka, or maybe she was just sick of it. I don't know which, but my mother just faced it and was like, "That's the truth. That's the real deal." She didn't cry. She didn't piss and moan about it. I asked her some questions about music. And I was like, um, so, you know, I have her guitar and I, I said, do you still have all the music that you had when I was a kid? She said, yes. And I said, you don't mind if I like, I'm going to keep it and that's okay. All your poems and stuff. Yes. I go, mom, did you, what did you think of Emmy Lou Harris? And she was made a face like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, just checking. <laughs> so we had a few like little I don't know. We talked a little bit about best we could, and we just sat there and held hands until she couldn't hold my hand anymore. And you want to know what else, Mishka? I sat there looking at my mom's tiny, tiny fucking hands, and I thought they used to terrify me. Her little tiny hands were the scariest thing in the world to me. And I'm looking at her, seeing her as this frail little lady in this bed. And I... I just can't believe it. Like, it's not the same person even. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In death, they're like babies. She was like, a, I saw her for the first time as a child and as a baby that was getting abused and neglected and a baby that like a 12-year-old little girl whose mother just died and her dad is on a rager chasing her little brother around the house with a with a butcher knife. That actually happened to them. And then that is when my heart broke for her. That is when I realized she never had a fucking shot. She did not mean to do what she did to me. She did do it. It's all done. I'm a mess. That's true. But she did not mean it and would not have chose that for herself. And she did not choose it for herself. You know what I mean? Man, that's fucking heavy. The Yeah, I mean, I, I know, you know, my... um my dad was molested by his mom until he was 14 and his parents were like, you know, hideous alcoholics and and drug addicts. And the, so it's, I have to Mm -hmm. sort of, you know, I do this sort of balancing act of the um, knowing about his life and how he grew up and what his experience was like. Um, It, it does, um, it does give me empathy for him. I, I understand him a lot better and I understand why he is the way he is and why he's acted the way he's acted. And you know, that he, he saw my mother as a proxy for his mother. He sees my sisters as a proxy for both his mother and his wife who he's convinced mm-hmm. ruined his life. You know, the, um, so I feel 
um, I feel for him. I wish that he hadn't had to go through those things. And um, if there was anything I could do, I would, you know, I would go back and take it away. And also, I'm not going to call him on the phone. I'm not going to call him for Father's Day. I'm not going to call him for his birthday. I'm not going to call him for Christmas. I'm yeah. I'm tired yeah. of that shit. You know, like I forgive right. I forgive him for the stuff in the past as long as there's no more stuff in the future. And the way that there mm-hmm. is is no more shit in the future is to block that fucking number and the close that door, you know? Sometimes you have to do that for your own, like your own peace, your own sanity. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like they are, they are. And this is my kids. And I have talked about this too, because even though I did not abuse my children, um, we did have some, you know, I was a weird mom. They have a mom with ADHD who was a mess. And I was a Winnie the Pooh mom. I didn't have pants on a lot. You know what I mean? If Christine, if but, if you if you didn't abuse them as children, you know that it's not too late, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are you are going to have both you are going to have both the boys in the house. I just imagine you, right. you know, tenting your fingers like I, I guess you're wondering why I've gathered you here. <laughs> <laughs> but I will tell you, like my son told me that he took a, a one of those aces like trauma, you know, oh, survey God. or whatever yep. scale, and he wasn't a zero. You know what I mean? <laughs> he was like, so I know that there are things that we're going to work out. Um, but the one thing that my kids tell me that I did the best and I did right was that I just loved the shit out of them. That even though I was weird, even though I they used to call me old yeller because I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, screamy. Um, even though there was stuff like that, um, they, they they were just like, you just loved us. You never mm. wanted us anything bad. And so I, they give me a pass for what they know happened to me as a kid. You know, they're, mm. they're like, you did the best you could with what you could, with what you knew. And now that you know better, you're doing better. And it was really important to my son, Christopher, to for me to get into this therapy that I'm doing. He actually found this therapist and he was like, you need to please, mom, you know, you have to go. He just started doing therapy himself. That's how he got his uh, found out that I uh, abused him, I guess. <laughs> I mean, just the ACEs thing. The, the ACEs, ACEs thing is like... Um, I mean, that comes from, you know, his dad tried to kill himself and was an alcoholic towards the end. His dad was an alcoholic the whole time we were married. I, I drove him to that. So that was, that's my bad. I tell Christopher, my, I'm like, he didn't my, leave you. He left me. My, my therapist had me do that test. And then when I turned in my results, she looked at me, she raised an eyebrow and she was like, I want you to go back and have another try at this. Oh yeah. <laughs> Cause I was in denial. Well, not, not in denial. I just didn't. I just didn't want to be a fucking pussy. Like I was yes. like that, you know what I mean? Like, ah, I wasn't that bad, you know, the like minimizing right. everything. And then, um, oh, yeah. you, you know, and then I was like, oh, you know, the shipwreck. And she was like, wait, 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 you know, back up, you know, the, and I was like, oh, wait, when I was 18, this guy, you know, had a gun and was trying to kill me. She was like, wait, wait, wait. The, you know, the, um, yes. just shit that was like it, that, you know, it's just a Tuesday and yeah. the, you just, you get through it and then. And then 30 years later, you're like uh, weeping in a fucking Walgreens and you're like, oh, God yeah. damn it. I got to go back and deal with that shit. Yeah, it is weird. So I think you and I both read a book called The Body Keeps the Score. Hell yeah. About how trauma like just stays in you. It does not go away. 
And um, yeah, I'm learning all of that now too. And you know what I think is funny though? I think about people like in the Wild West, they must have been stressed the fuck out. No wonder they lived at 30. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) We think we've got it like, ooh, trauma, ooh, trauma, ooh, trauma. (laughs) I can't imagine being a kid in like the Wild West or on a wagon train or some shit. Oh my God. I, I have a new trauma book that I'm reading and the oh, yeah. I was I was reading on the airplane yesterday and the and I was like a little self-conscious about it and then I was like and then I had the next thought which was like um oh you know some some cute uh you know some cute woman is going to see the uh you know alcoholic husk of a man with uh, covered in hideous tattoos reading a book on trauma and she'll be like oh that's really attractive (laughs) and then the and then my third thought was that is such a fucking cynical way of that is the worst oh god that's like the that is the that's worse than like you know driving around with the the van with shag carpeting like outside the the community college you know the i'm just like hey ladies i'm dealing with my trauma how brave am i look at me it's not hot i'm concerned with my feelings oh my god that's crazy but it's so weird men are so weird that they have those like uh, it's not predatory i don't want to say that but it's like an it's like delusional kind of that they think that they're going to be somewhere doing something. Like I thought that when I was in um, summer camp, I remember being like, okay, I better put on my lip gloss because then a boy's going to come by and then he's going to be like, Oh my God, look at her shiny lips and want to kiss me. Okay. So, mm-mm. and then, you know, it never happened. It's, it's never real. It's part the like blackboard boner thing where like, as soon as you mm-hmm. have to solve a math problem, you're, you're like, Oh God, the, it's like Fred Flintstone's thumb, you know, like when he drops yes. a bowling ball on it. The, <laughs> and, then the, <laughs> and then the other thing is it's the, the, the like penthouse letters thing of yes, like, that's it. I, I always thought these were made up. And then uh, one day it happened to me, uh, triplets walked into the ice cream sh- <laughs> shop where I was working. You know, the, uh, at, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. I blame porn, but yeah. also, yeah, I, I've also, blame like it it this is what i also blame is that sometimes it does happen oh I yeah no the, there were triplets who walked into fucking the fucking time. ice cream store yeah. when i was working there that's it it does happen like there was you know what i mean like there is one guy who did get uh like humped by a lonely um 52 year old kind of chubby <laughs> And he brought a pizza over and he's like, you want a pizza? And I'm like, extra sausage. And then, you know, <laughs> bound ticket, bound, bound. And that ha- that does happen sometimes. And I think that's what also feeds the fantasy because, well, you never know. You know what I mean? <laughs> you never know. All right. So you ready for uh, part two of the mm-hmm. weird the weird cancer shit that I have to disclose. Oh yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, we got some. Uh, I, I, okay, I, yeah. I, I saved this till the end. The yeah. my mother has a mass in on her parotid gland in her throat. And oh my god! We're currently going through the weird Christine Levine phase of the. It's not having cancer or not having cancer. Like you can have a, a little, just you can put in just the tip of cancer. You can have a, ti- a tiny little bit. The, you can, yeah. Where, you know, we were sort of waiting to get to find out, you know, is the door open or is the door closed? You know, the which one is it? Oh, and man. the so now it's that it's uh, it's large enough 
that they can't do a, a physical biopsy, so they have to do another MRI. Um, oh, fuck. But, listen, the... Uh. You know, the percentages are with us where the um, my mother was never a heavy drinker. She was never a smoker. She's never eaten, you know, tons of garbage food. She's not overweight. The mm-hmm. So like all those risk factors for cancer aren't there. Um, and then also that when people generally have a mass on their parotid gland, it's generally not cancer. The but. You know how it is when a doctor mm-hmm. is like, well, you probably don't have cancer, but. Yes. No, that's exactly what happened to me. I got you probably don't for like a week or two. And then, yeah. oops, like psych. <laughs> yeah. I mean, probably don't. And then did. Yeah. I mean, that's, and this has got to be like gut wrenching for you. I know you and your mom are close and like hand wringing. It's the, it's the not knowing. You just need a goddamn plan. And then when I didn't know, I still had nightmares that I had a a spider inside me and then it laid eggs. And then those little spider eggs, they hatched and they just all came out, you know, and ate me from the inside out. I had nightmares like that. And I'm sure that your mom has some um, apprehension. Like, I mean, of course she does, but I mean, like she, I, I felt like that time I got pregnant by an optometrist and I didn't want to keep it. I felt like, get it out, get it. I can't know. Yeah. And I, and I, I didn't like, first of all, tell me, tell me now because I need a goddamn plan. I need to have something I can hold on to. And then the other thing was get it. I don't give a shit what it is. I don't want it. It doesn't belong here. It's not my body. Get it out now. So I'm sure I have, Oh my God. I just, my heart. Oh, I know how the anxiety is she dealing with it okay? Are you dealing with it okay? I don't think so. Oh, of course not. The um, yeah, uh-huh. I mean, we we had we definitely had like a big uh, a big weird day yesterday, and the uh-huh. one thing I do want to draw attention to is she was supposed to pick me up from the airport last night, and she did not. So, Christine, if you want to leave a legacy behind for your children, pick them uh-huh. up from the fucking airport. Mom, you brought me into this world. That means you need to fucking pick me up from the airport. God damn it. <laughs> I can't I can't self-soothe in the fucking Uber line like a peasant. <laughs> That's right. Um, the But it was... You know, it, it's distressing because the even as a uh, grown ass man child, the you know there, are, I mean, it's so funny. People are always like, "Oh, it's so sweet that you moved your mother down the street so you can keep an eye on her and help her out." You know, and I'm like, uh-huh. fucking, "There's there's helping going on, but it's not in the direction you think." That it is, <laughs> it's, I'm I, I'm not helping her. Are you fucking kidding? That no, that, oh I can't. My God, that's I, so um, funny. So it's you know she emotionally props me up a lot and then um and then last night she was you know she was worried she was bugging out and um yeah it was real sad it was real weird and I got over there I, I went over there after I got in and the oh god I'm gonna fucking cry talking about this I sat with her and I was like mom you remember in. 1993 when we had that yard sale that just never ended where we were just selling all of our belongings in the fucking driveway of the house and then finally one day it rained and we were like trying to get all this shit in and we couldn't get it in in time and like your jigsaw puzzles were melting in the rain and you started crying and, and then I had to like I had to carry you into the house I was like you know the 30 years later 
the you've carried me a million times since then. Let me carry you again. You know, once every Aww. once every I'm like a serial killer. Once every thirty years, you know, I'll strike. Mm-hmm. I'll do a good thing for you. I'll be a good son. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. let, let me let me help here. Let me you know shoulder this burden. And the um. I felt really good about it. And then she was kind of bitchy to me this morning. I was really immature to her. Yeah, and and now, like, yeah. Oh. oh, God, just erased. <laughs> it erased any uh, uh, any and all of the good shit that I did last night. Just threw it out the fucking window, being mean to my mom. Oh, oh, oh God. No. Oh. Oh, I, I hate don't it. believe that. I oh. know, but I don't believe that. She loves you so much. I mean, it's you guys have, like, a really special relationship. In fact, it reminds me of like the one that I have with my kids, like especially Christopher. I'm very close with Chris. I can tell him things that I could not like tell Josh. I don't think he would understand or Sabrina. Um, but Christopher and I are very much alike too. So um, like when I tell him like, uh, well, Christopher, I had a meltdown at the DMV and I cried a lot. And then I got asked to leave. And Christopher was like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know, Mom. <laughs> I get you. It's all that paperwork. It freaks you out. <laughs> yes, it does. It, it, it's, fun, yeah. it's funny because I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know either one of your uh, sons, uh, you know, well, but I, I know Josh better than I know Chris. And it's, uh-huh. I have to tell you, it's been so oddly rewarding. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a dad. I'm not a family guy. The, um, But it has been so oddly rewarding to to see you and your family sort of come together, like reassemble again in Bisbee. Uh-huh. And when I was there a couple of weeks ago and um, went by Shady Dell, um, and I, I didn't realize that they weren't serving food, but Josh came out and he was like cooking a big pot of potatoes. Uh-huh. And he, he just, <laughs> he was so kind. He was so pleasant. He just had this like, beatific smile on his face and oh, i was gosh. like does this kid have a brain tumor why is he this <laughs> to be the age that he is he should be fucking terrible and he's yeah. so he's so nice and responsible like good yeah. good posture the mm-hmm. are you sh- are you sure he's yours <laughs> the, he, <laughs> Let me you tell know you yeah they they are all like that though they're all very sweet and it's very yeah it's like weird and i mean sabrina like i remember one time when she was getting bullied and i said to her why don't you pipe like fight back why don't you say oh yeah well you're adopted that'll kill him he'll just be gutted because he (laughs) kind of probably already thinks he is anyway because his parents were nice and he's a little a-hole and i said so why don't you tell him he's adopted or something like that and she goes no she goes i'm never gonna make them make him feel like the way he makes me feel i will not do that um so i mean yeah they got mom miss petty and then (laughs) i don't know they say that i did teach them these you know good lessons they do they do kind of try to credit me with that, but I can't, I think I just got lucky because they're, I, I don't know. I don't know. They think that it's because I love them so much and I talk to them like people and I, I did do some, I guess, but I can't take too much credit for it. I think that um, there's just, there is an element of just luck with your kids. 
and whether or not they have the right like a, a temperament, you know. I, I say bullshit. I the uh-huh. I, I I totally disagree with you. I I think that um, you can and you are taking too little credit for it. That the and, and, and I'm I'm going to drop this on you that I you know if if being concerned with your legacy is going to push you to you know fucking learn how to shred guitar or I don't know do something the put out another record or you know the um you know do something amazing then uh, yes please by all means let that anxiety drive your creativity however yeah. the your legacy already exists which is that not just that your children have grown up the you know bathed in unconditional love from their mother the yeah. but also like we met like twice before we went on the road together yeah and then the whole time that I was on the road with you I absolutely felt loved you know and i oh good i i felt yeah. that from you and i think the um i think that's one of the reasons why people put up with with you continuing to cancel on their fucking podcasts <laughs> is because <laughs> is because you're just yeah. you're, i mean you are just a heart with arms you're you know you do you love you have such a huge capacity for loving people around you you know? That is true. I and to a fault sometimes, but what are you gonna do? You know what I mean? That's so why I, I was telling my therapist, I was like, I feel everything. I'm I remind I'm like my mom. My mom said that to me. I was just like, Oh my god, I feel everything too. I do. And I just I just stuff it with food instead of alcohol. I just mm-hmm. pick something else. Yeah. I mean I can't eat anymore. That's another problem. Like I I can't eat in it very much anymore or at all, really. And um, like, so that's how I used to self-soothe. If you had asked me, hey, Christine, how much time do you think you spend thinking about food or planning food or eating food or whatever before? I would have said, I don't know, like an hour, half hour. I don't know, like nothing. Nope, no time at all. I now am building birdhouses because I got that kind of fucking time. I have so much more time on my hands. It is unbelievable to have this like a thing removed from me, just taken away. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yes, it makes me more emotional because I can't, uh, I don't have any comfort, you know? So I get like, I, I have to learn how to process my feelings myself, the adult way. That is a thing. That is a real thing that I'm dealing with. But um, also to have, be free from that, you know, you know, what it's like to be free from, I mean, literally like from an addiction or whatever. And I didn't realize it was an addiction, but I can see it now, yeah. now that I can't have it, you know? And um, yeah. And just to be, just to have like, I feel like chains off of me, like get out, you know, prison walls by go, you're free now. And it is so liberating because I get to experience life. Like I get to do everything else. I'm not chained to eating. I don't have to, I just don't eat anymore. <laughs> That, I make I mean, myself a shake and I go make a birdhouse. <laughs> that, you know, that was the thing. Like when I quit drinking, you know, the, and started running, people were like, oh, you just exchanged, you know, one addiction for another. And I'm like, no, man, I stopped drinking and stopped like, I stopped feeling like fucking dog shit all the time yeah. and stopped living in fear of throwing up or shitting my pants and found out that by putting half the energy I put into, you know, 
not crapping my pants into running, I can fucking run anywhere and I can do anything. And it was just that like, holy shit. You know, it was like when you take the dog off the leash and they're like, I'm going to fucking run. Yeah. (laughs) Mishka had zoomies. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, but the, that's what I, so I, mom, if you're listening to this, she's not listening to this. My mom never listens to this shit. (laughs) The, I honestly think that my mom did more damage to me than my father did because she um she never let me like cry through the night she was like always there to soothe Mm -hmm. me so i never learned to sort of like do that on my own and um that set me up for a lifetime of alcoholism the Mm -hmm. um but uh sorry mom the but um one of the things that i have found recently is when I'm freaking out, when I'm melting down, that is a great time to go and spend 10 minutes with my dog. And mm, the, okay. when, you know, when she, like when I first got Elsie and when I first got Sadie, like both of them, I, I knew that I wanted them to be, to be comf- comfortable being touched. The, yeah, so yeah. when, you know, when they were, you know, kittens and puppies, I would just sort of play with them, touch them everywhere so that they were comfortable with me touching their paws or their tail or their yeah. tummy or whatever, you know. And then now um, I just taught Sadie another the, – the last show that we did here, she jumped up into the back of my pickup truck, not like when the gate was down, just over the fucking side. So then today I went out and I was like working with her on like teaching her how to jump and she loves it. And she's like an athlete now. So now when I have my daily fucking panic attack, I just go and sit with the dog and I just pet her everywhere from like her nose to the tips of her ears to her little little toenails. I, you know, you know, massage her the, you know, she does the thing laying on her back. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Christine, it's a fucking miracle. The I uh-huh. um, this whole thing about emotional support animals—it's not a fucking scam. I they, no, no, it's I it's know. it's real. Holy shit, it's real. It is real. Like you gotta wonder, like why would someone want a goddamn dog with them on a plane if yeah. it wasn't real? Like because that looks like hell to me. If I can go on a plane without taking my dog. I'm going to pick that every time. Yeah. So, but you're right. No, it's not a scam. They, I, I mean, but also, what about the people who want to bring like a gopher or a pig or whatever, like one of the odd ones? They go, I don't know about that. that but it, yeah, the, that's a scam. But the, if yeah, you have, that's if, a scam. <laughs> if you have, if you have cute dogs like you and I, then you're okay. Yes. Uh, thank you. Good. Thank the, you, sir. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So we'll. We'll wrap up the, but we have to plug our show together mm-hmm. next weekend, uh, October 15th, you and I, uh, mud wrestle to the death Woo-hoo. in my side yard. Christine is going to be running her entire new hour. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, uh, Genevieve Rice is going to come out and perform. My buddy Rad uh-huh. is going to perform. Yes, that's true. Actually, the, <laughs> ah, that's the, great. Yeah, so you'll uh, you'll get to see them. John Merrifield had to drop off, but the we'll we'll figure something. Oh out. darn. The, okay. But um, I'm so 
happy to have you come up and perform and hang out again. Oh, me the, too. Thank you. We're going to um we're going to put you to sleep in the trailer in the back. It, uh, it's a, a 1972 Airstream. There's we still there's still a, a picture up there of the family, the, a family of six of like weird hippie white trash knife and jewelry uh. makers who like grew up in that trailer. Oh my the, god, it makes me so happy. That's great. So <laughs> I love the, it. That's really I, sweet. Unfortunately, we won't have Pogue here to tuck you in like last time. But, uh, but well, I'll, what are we gonna do? Who's in my cuddle puddle then? I I don't the I'll get Rad to tuck you in. That'll be that'll be real funny and fun because uh, uh, okay. he's because uh, you don't know him at all, and he'll totally no. do it, and you'll love it. Okay, good. The, all right, you know, I'm in. He's a uh, you know you know cute skater dude with a mullet. The mm-hmm. you yeah, it'll be great. Okay, all right, I'll take it. Awesome. Christine, you're, you're you're the fucking best. I love you so much. Where um, I love you. Thank you. Where can people find your stuff? The where how how can people support you if they love you so much they want to give you their money? Where do they oh, follow you? Where are you performing? Yeah, All that just, good stuff. I'm not performing anywhere for a minute except for your house, your your show, and then um, but just like it's Christine with a K, Levine with an E on the end, Christine Levine. And it's just Google. And, you know, I come up immediately. There isn't another one. <laughs> oh, no, there is sort of. There's another kind of one, and she's a singer. And then there's another kind of one, and she wrote a book called, um, uh, oh, God, The Lions of Little Rock. And it's about the um, Ruby Bridges. Oh, right? wow. In the, yeah. yeah. And uh, so this, these kids were like, can we interview you about the Lions of Little Rock? And, the, and I was like, you don't want to ask me questions about race. <laughs> you don't need me. You're like, I'll totally do that interview. <laughs> yeah. and, you'll, and, you'll, and you'll wish that you wish that I had. That's right. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna get. And then, and then I used to get her emails all the time, the author lady. And then um, I started just replying because I kept telling her, like, "Hey, I'm getting your emails or something." And then finally, I just gave up and was like, "All right." So I did reply to a few of them, but anyway. But it's Christine Levine, and uh, I'm just the fat blonde lady. You'll know me. You're the good looking one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chris- actually, I am. <laughs> you are, Christine. <laughs> You're the best. I the oh, I love you so much. Hey, uh, thank you. Th- I love you. Thanks so much for doing this, and I will see you. I'll see you next weekend. Yep. See you next weekend, babe. All right. Take care. Me too. Bye. Folks, thank you so much for listening. I know there's uh, some million podcasts out there. We appreciate you uh, you spending your time with us. The um. If you're digging the show, if you're enjoying it, if you if these conversations uh, move you, make you laugh, annoy you, piss you off, um, please take a minute to uh, to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, it helps us grow the show and it helps other people find it. Um, if you'd like to hear bonus episodes, song demos, just sort of uh, ranting off the cuff uh, conversations, all sorts of different uh, bonus material, writing advice, uh, personal blog posts and stuff like that. Uh, go to patreon.com slash Mishka Shabali. Uh, we will be having monthly episodes up there with my mom and I answering uh, questions from readers and there's all kinds of good stuff there. Uh, thank you so much for supporting.